<laughs> Lord Chips, don't let the salad win. That's the message uh, in terms of uh, nature of the food, maybe, that uh, we consume in Wales compared to the Italians. But it's the Italians who will restart. This is the Eat More Chips podcast. Grab your bag of chips, salt, vinegar, perhaps a battered sausage or a dirty pie, a bit of sauce cork on the side, and let's go! Hello and welcome to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast, one of the most recognisable flags in the Welsh football supporters universe. In a week when the Oscar nominations were announced, hit film Barbie was snubbed when, although its male star Ryan Gosling has been nominated, its female star Margot Robbie and the director Greta Gerwig weren't. Had my two colleagues been involved, then it would have won the Oscar for sure, even though one of them couldn't direct traffic, let alone a blockbuster film, and the other is perfect for the role of Ken, as there's nothing inside his trousers except plastic underpants and a trademark. It's Jamie and Daz. Hey, don't mark, don't knock the trademark. It's made me a lot of money over the years, so don't worry about it. Listen, I'll have you know, my torso is the spitting image of Ryan Gosling, and I won't have any words said against it, so there you go. I've got a six-pack, he's got a six-pack. We are like brothers separated at birth. Yeah, more like multi-pack. And joining us from the Dragon's Hole this week, when he's not being a hero working in the NHS, I banged a pan, mate, just to let you know, he's having to endure a constant whining at least once a month as he has to go and watch Wrexham AFC play sitting next to Jamie. If he's not being a Twitter warrior, he's terrorising Transport for Wales, pointing out the absolute gob shambles that is the Welsh transport system by bringing up the big guns of local MPs to question what's going on with the trains and why don't we get the fat controller to do it as he'd probably do a better job. It's our very own Florence Nightingale, Croeso Irtustregiai, welcome to the Dragon's Hole, Dave O'Brien. Hello mate. Thank you very much gentlemen and Simon. <laughs> How are you all doing? Simon Cook's already warned me that this this is probably going to be about eight hours long because you won't shut up. True, he's not wrong. <laughs> Dave, now we finally got you on. Let's get your first opinion. What have you made of the men's season so far? Oof, gosh. Well, I think if we'd have asked that question before the MK Dons game, we'd be overjoyed where we are right now. And I think we'd all be saying, brilliant. Brilliant. Second, League Two, raring to go, winning more games than we're losing. Yeah, I'm overjoyed. I'm overjoyed. I, I can't believe how well we're doing. It was one of those things, wasn't it, where, because we sort of predicted that we, we hoped that we would come in and smash it all up, but we had a feeling after the American debacle that was the pre-season that there would be some issues, and hey presto, there was. I mean, it took us at least, what, four or five games to just start finding our feet. Um, and there were some unshaky bits. I mean, did you, you know, after that first kind of the Swindon game, the MK Dons game, the the, uh, the Wimbledon draw, did you kind of have moments where you thought, oh, maybe this isn't going to be as easy as we thought it was going to be? Oh, absolutely. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think I was alone in that either. I think we had that big conversation, didn't we, when they came back from America and we said, look, you know, the preseason, lots of debate, lots of uh, controversy about it. And we kept saying, if we start strong, and we keep and we banging win after win after win. Nobody's going to bat an eyelid about the preseason. But if we don't, I think people are going to ask questions about our preparation. And I guess what happened? You know, we we didn't start well. People were asking, was the preseason a good idea? Did we prepare? Did we get things right? And uh, you know, it took a few games, but then you know we started to find our stride. And uh, I think when we played uh, Walsall. Um, 
I think we actually started to turn the tide, didn't we? But we had some high-scoring games in those first few games. Were you a fan of Ben Foster? And, you know, did you think he should have stayed? Or did you kind of think, you know, you've done your job, you've done your eight games, you really should move over and we should get somebody in who's a bit younger? Um, I think we all said the same thing about Ben, didn't we? You know, he came in to solve a problem and he did that really well. I think the issue with Ben was we all wanted to have more of the same. And I think it was quite clear early on. I mean, Jamie gave him the kiss of death because mm-hmm. he kept saying, oh, look at him, he's no good. Whoa, I didn't say that. <laughs> the mafia are thinking about hiring him, you know, because the fact is that he only has to mention a name and that person gets rubbed out. As I tell these two Muppets every week, I'll tell you the same thing. It's called expert analysis. I analysed his game and his game wasn't very good. That's all it was. I wasn't sticking pins in his voodoo doll of him. But you do have a habit of, uh, of nailing players and the next thing they're gone. So, uh, Ben Foster, I think, you know what? I would have loved for Ben to stay. I think he was a character more than anything. I think what we don't see is what he did in the changing rooms and be off field. I think he was brilliant for the club, and I think he brought a lot to the team. But he he recognised very quickly that League Two is very, slightly different to National League. And I think he held his hand up. I think he solved the problem. But if we hadn't have had Ben Foster leave, would we have got Arthur? Daz, mm. news this week that Cymru women will take on the Republic of Ireland women in Dublin on February the 27th. And the interim head coach, John Gray, will be in charge. Now, do you think this will be an important game as the first in the post-Gemma Granger era or just a, a chance for the women to have a run out? Um, no, I think it's important that, uh, that they try and rebuild the confidence that, that that was started by the Germany game I think uh, uh, there's I, I think there's definitely uh, a manager to be impressed it's just whether or not it's John Gray or whether it's going to be a new incumbent but um, I, I think whatever this game produces the the new new person's going to want to keep an eye on it they're going to watch the films they're going to watch the you know the footage of it of it and and assess the progress I mean it's it's a shame that we haven't been able to find anybody before these, you know, this this next round of games, um, because I think that's part of the rebuilding process. But I'm also there's a there's some sort of reassurance that they're they're also not rushing into anything uh, by by you know with a quick reaction. But um, I, I, I can't work out where that sweet spot is for it being too soon or it being a bit late. Um, so, no, I think it's important. I think it's important that the camp get together. I think it's important that the players get together post-Gemma and so that they can address the issue that is, you know, it's all change. And um, But I don't know enough about John Gray to know um, what kind of steadying of the ship or influence he, he's going to have and whether or not he's actually being touted for the role long term and or you know is this an audition so yeah it's um it'll be interesting from your point of view Daz, what would you prefer would you like to get i mean ignore man or woman because that's a debate we've already had and it doesn't really matter I, you know it's the right person for the right job but would you prefer somebody who is kind of Young, with not so much experience, but has kind of energy and, and, you know, a real kind of possibility of development and really taking the team far? Or would you want an older head that's been there, done it, and is, could come in with a whole load of experience, but will have a kind of a set way of doing things? 
I, I would like to, there needs to be experience, but I don't necessarily know that that person will automatically um, have a set way of doing things. Um, I think if somebody is that good and that experienced, they'll be able to assess the playing stock that they've got available to them and and, and assess what, what's the best tactics, best formation um, to get the most out of them. Uh, I, I think anybody who's just watched the recent games, I just think we'll see the potential. We've got, you know, some decent finishers. We've got some pace. We've got some youth in the side. We've got wisdom and, and, and maturity and, uh, you know, um, plenty of caps in, in a handful of players. So I do think that, that the person needs to come in, has to have some sort of choice word, really, gravitas or some sort of respect because those players... You know, you've got one of the well, the the most capped player um, ever. You know, uh, in our team, you've got one of the greatest Welsh legends in in terms of Fishlock playing abroad, and 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 it, our our version, you know, the version of um, Gareth Bale in the in the women's game. And you know, these players will need uh, not convincing, but I don't think we can um, f- sort of. I, th- I think youth might struggle to manage those kind of characters. Um, and and I think I think yes, it has to have some sort of weight, some sort of gravitas to their appointment and respect. Because I think you should at international level as well appreciate. For some people, the women's game is a stepping stone to another to another level, which is unfair. Because I think you know um, there are plenty of really good managers who have committed their their loyalty to women's game and and deserve to stay, you know, and want to stay in the women's game. I think they they deserve it. But there are too many play, uh, managers that you've seen coach the women's team and then move over to the under 21s or you know assistant to to the men's team and i think that's that's sort of a bit derogatory to the women's game but i think that's changing i do think more and more teams now are recognizing the significant uh, improvement and, and and profile and the level of the women's game and i think that deserves that respect it's interesting i see this week that jane ludlow has left manchester city and she's now head of sports development for usw so I mean, there's a there's a prime position for an ex Welsh manager, ex coach, ex player with a huge number of caps to look at the talent in what's coming into Wales, uh, and the Welsh talent in in what is the one of the you know if the, probably the premium sports university in Wales. I mean, that's a great person to have outside of the camp, if you like, but is a great reference for players, surely. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you said that originally, I was thinking, ooh, would we, you know, is there is there a part-time role there? You know, that that she then also still, because we know what she's capable of. I, I know I sort of talked previous weeks about it shouldn't be a part-time role, but is if we're going to have an interim manager, maybe maybe it blurs the lines too much. Maybe it gets a bit confusing if you if if she was to return, then people would expect her to stay. But um, you know, there there's somebody who could be a very quick and comfortable uh you know reset for us but that might make it difficult for the next person maybe so you're calling her an old boot <laughs> no no just uh it's 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 like that kind of thing like who wanted to take over from you know uh, alex ferguson or who wanted to take over after you know any any manager with a long history yeah but daz the alex ferguson is f- 
funny because man you were just imploding that's hilarious i'm trying to do this with a straight face as the <laughs> as the uh you know considered and uh, informed pundits kind of offer but of course i'm pissing myself laughing over here but there was a legacy there there was a legacy of of, of that thing and I, I think this is where sometimes following in the footsteps of of greats and jane ludlow is definitely a great in terms of um bringing us and dragging us into into the modern era of the women's game and and, and Gemma has has definitely got a part had a part to play in all of this um but it is very difficult to follow in the footsteps of somebody that that's that's been so successful and it was a tough tough you know tough gig to take on but you take it on and you know what you're taking on and i think that's the the, the sympathy has to be sort of very mildly attached to this because you take these jobs on knowing exactly that so um yeah no i i say i'm still still disappointed you know happy for Gemma granger herself disappointed in the way that it's happened but the timing yeah we just got to get this bit right now um, otherwise is it a step backwards do you think the faw can do more to attract a better manager uh it's it's a difficult one that isn't it but when you say do more are you saying um off, offering better wages um increasing you know the priority of the women's game in the eyes of you know whether it's marketing i don't know it is there's quite a few things i think the faw have done really well within the women's game and and trying to give it some parity with the men's um and it's improved vastly it's still any any women's game is a team i think is still going to struggle to match the men's team at the moment that's just the way that the um the 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 temp you know the world climate is for this at the moment but it's getting closer which is really positive have the FAW done enough I I don't know I think if, if they could find the money and they could you know make it an enticing gig and that therefore we could have a better wider uh, crop of potential managers uh, why what do, what what do you think are you thinking lacking yeah, well, I mean, I've I've had the pleasure of going down to the Vale and 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 you know the resources and stuff. You know, there's a there's a fairly decent infrastructure in FAW, isn't there, for mm, for football? Um, so it's not it's not about training facilities, not about passion. It's certainly not about ambition. But I just wonder what we need to do to to kind of attract those kind of managers into the game for the women's game in particular. Um, you know that can that can take us to another level. Yeah, I think I think you know the, the the obvious shorthand one would be to find somebody who's got previous international experience at another country, and we can bring somebody from outside. Um, that is something we've talked on the pod about. The idea there's something quite nice about Welsh um, returning to a Welsh player, former player, Welsh manager, but apart from Jane Ludlow, there aren't going to be, there are just aren't the names in the mix at the moment. We've we've got a generation of footballers come through yet, and then hopefully your fish locks or your eagles and the, you know, is it, they're, they're, they're the ones that may be in the future, but we've got a generation to go yet. Um, so maybe it is about finding, you know, a big name and bringing somebody in that, you know, has coached, whether it's the Dutch team or the German team or Norwegian teams or something like that, who, who have done it at the highest level make it an offer worthwhile and let them come in and bring all of that expertise with them what's bobby gould doing uh you know what i just think he's is he on holiday with vinnie jones at the moment i just just double checking his diary now for you jamie news this week that luke mcnicholas has signed a permanent contract with Wrexham to stay until at least the end of the 2026 season which is great news whereas arthur conkorn interview has intimated that he's not looking past the end of the season regarding his Wrexham future good or bad news on both of these? What do you think? Um, I think 
uh, the Luke signing was, uh, I think, is, is good, first and foremost. I think from, from what limited uh, game time we've seen of him, he, he's looked pretty decent and certainly got potential. Uh, I don't think we've paid huge money for him, so uh, it, you know that's a sensible one for, for, for me. Um, the, the Arthur one is, is obviously... Um, it's the one we all want, isn't it? I, the, earlier in January, there was a part of me that thought they they might pull off a surprise and announce that they've signed him on a permanent in January. That, that's not looking likely at all now. And then particularly with his comments in that interview you're referring to this week, he, he understandably, he's keeping his options open. Um, and I think for, for, for us, I think, and I've said it before, and certainly after what he said this week, he... You know he wants to he wants to he wants to get the best deal he can and that's understandable isn't it and I think the only the only chance we've got of potentially having a chance of keeping hold of him is if we get promoted um, and even then I'm not sure that would necessarily be enough because the the the, the guy in my opinion is a is a is a championship level goalkeeper um, and if a championship club are looking at him and he will have undoubtedly been turning heads this season. Um, with the best will in the world, with where we're at, we 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 couldn't compete with 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 that level at the moment. Um, so look, let let's see. The good news is we've we've got him to the end of the season, guaranteed. So let's enjoy him while we've got him, um, and see what happens. And if he does end up going somewhere else uh, because he thinks it's a, a you know the right move for him, then he, he'll he'll have my blessing and my best wishes, and we'll have to try and move on. I was reading an article today, which was with uh, with Phil Parkinson, where basically he was saying that. Locking down the deal with Mullin and Lee, and you know the fact that they've got Arthur Conquan over the rest of the season, is 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 good and could be seen to be enough. And he would be happy to work with the resources he's already got. Do you think that's an indicator that that's it? We're not going to sign anybody else now in January. We're going to wait for the summer. I'm really hoping that's just um, just mind games. Um, I I would be. I would be a little bit. Is disappointed the right word? Yeah, I suppose it is. I would be a little bit disappointed if we don't bring in a couple of new faces. Um, you know, as much as we've lauded the, the the strength and depth of this squad, you know, all season, and and it, undoubtedly it is a it is a deep and quality squad. But Saturday was a little bit of an eye opener for me in the sense of I you know obviously I saw the starting lineup and I know we'll talk about it in a minute but when I saw the starting lineup and more importantly I saw the bench obviously afterwards we we found out why there'd been the changes there had been but you look at that and you think oh, you know it, it quite it puts a question over over you know is is our squad depth as 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 good and as strong as we thought it was um I I, I honestly still think I, I would be gobsmacked if we're not having this conversation next week and we've not brought in um, a couple of players. Well, Wrexham ventured to the dark lands of South Wales to take on Newport County in the clash of the temporary stands. In a bit of a shock to Wrexham fans, Phil Parkinson was forced into changes due to injuries, with four changes made to the side that started versus AFC Wimbledon. A Conquin goal, Cloweth and Toza back in defence, but due to a fracture in his foot, Tom O'Connor was missing and replaced by Will Boyle. On the wings, Jane McLean was back in, but due to a back spasm, Anthony Ford was replaced by Ryan Barnett on the right wing. Lee and Evans were in midfield, but following a head injury the week before, Andy Cannon was on concussion protocol and replaced by James Jones. 
Up front, Mullin was joined by Sam Dolby after Stephen Fletcher was out with a calf injury. With this many changes, Wrexham were bound to be a bit disrupted, and that reflected on the pitch. With the large comb crowd behind them, Newport started very strongly up to the final bit of putting the ball into the net, which they seemed to struggle at. Wrexham, for their part, worked hard, but Newport penned Wrexham into their own half, leaving little service for the front two to create any meaningful chances. But Wrexham were holding the line and starting to get into the game until the 18th minute. Shane McLaughlin, heading towards the goal, was tackled by Boyle just outside the box. Boyle slid into the challenge, studs high, catching the player with the follow-through. The referee discussed the foul with the assistant on the sidelines and showed Boyle a straight red card. Boyle was gone, joining the ever-growing list of Wrexham players sent off this season. Wrexham were down to 10, and on 23 minutes, Dolby was sacrificed with O'Connell coming in to reform the defensive shape. Wrexham even had a rare chance on goal, with Ryan Barnett taking the ball in Newport box and shooting just wide of the goal. Mullin also hit a speculative shot from very long range, but this didn't trouble the Newport keeper. Eventually, on 34 minutes, Newport took the lead. Across from the right by Ryan Delaney was met by Seth Palmer Holden, who directed the ball into the top corner of the goal. Newport County 1, Wrexham 0. Newport nearly made it 2 on 40 minutes, only for a Conquo to make a fantastic save to keep the ball out. Second half, and Barnett was pushed forward to try and get Wrexham the goal they needed, but the game became bitty with Wrexham's numerical disadvantage and Newport's lack of good chances cancelling each other out. 50 minutes and Wrexham nearly caught out as they pushed higher, leaving gaps at the back. Palmer Holden intercepted a very poor back pass by McLean to Okonkwo and was one-on-one, but hit the shot on the goal wide. There were a few decent chances either end, but any that Newport managed were handled by, well by Okonkwo in goal, keeping Wrexham in the game. 62 minutes and Ollie Palmer was brought on for Max Cleworth, pushing Barnett back to his starting position on the wing. 82 minutes and Jake Bickerstaff was brought on for James Jones to try and push for the equalising goal. But it wasn't to be, and Wrexham fell to their second defeat in a row on the road. However, due to cancelled games elsewhere and fortuitous results, Wrexham remains second in the league on 52 points, one point ahead of Mansfield in third, and two points behind Stockport in first. All three teams played 27 games. Jamie, I was a very cross bunny on Saturday, I can tell you. What did you make of this game? Oh, um... Yeah, it wasn't one. That, it wasn't one for the uh, for the purist, was it? Um, yeah, I, you, you can't you can't um, you you can't sugarcoat it any other way than it was a poor performance. You know, it it was a poor performance. Um, I think regardless of the sending off, which obviously we'll talk about in a second, but you know, even if you isolate that incident, if you look at what went on in the seventeen minutes up to it, and then in the game after it. Um, it, it wasn't good uh, from you know from from Wrexham. However, though, I think before I kind of say anything more about the game and break the game down in any way, I think it is it is really important. I think to just throw a little comment in about having some perspective on on the defeat. Um, you know, I, I've I've listened to some quite in, interesting conversations this week on different pods and things where I heard a debate about whether have we become an entitled fan base, which I just thought was quite an interesting way of putting it. And I think in some ways we probably have, certainly in the last 18 months, because we've been spoiled with with what this team has produced and you know the the the, the success it's had and the, the the football that we've seen. Um, so I think in in some ways we we have become a little bit entitled, but we just need to keep some perspective when we do have a bump in the road like this. You know, it's going to happen as, as as we all know. You know, on on here. 
you know, we've been football fans for a long time, you know, not necessarily just Wrexham, but we've been f fans of football and we've watched football for a long time. It's it's how league football works, isn't it? And I think, you know, they, they, there comes a point when you start losing and drawing more games than, than, than you're winning, where that's when you have to start looking at what are the problems, how do you fix them? But if you take everything into account with where we're at in the league at this point in the season and, you know, where we've come from, it's it's not the end of the world, you know. It, it's one of those things, and I just think it's important that that that, that there's some perspective kept uh, in in mind, you know, because we've lost one game. But yeah, the game itself was 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 poor, wasn't it? I think, um, like I said before, you know, when that starting lineup came out, I mean, um, that. <laughs> That 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 quite famous GIF of the uh, of the animated bunny looking all confused. Well, that was my face when I saw that starting lineup because I was like, "What? Huh? What? Huh?" Um, obviously, at the time the the announcement the announcement the lineup was announced. Obviously, we didn't have the context then as to why the likes of O'Connor and Ford and Cannon were missing that we then later found out. But you know, when I saw that lineup, I'm thinking, "Wow, that's you know, that's not what I expected at all." Um, and you know, I'd be lying if I said, oh, you know, as soon as I saw Boyle's name on the sheet, I was concerned at it because I wasn't. You know, he's at the end of the day, he's a, he's a. Whilst he's not set the world on on a light for us since he's been with us, you know, he is still fundamentally he's a you know he's a championship defender that came to us, and you, you've got to think there's a player in there somewhere. But um, you know, as as one example, but it was good to see Barney back, um, and you know, you had to put faith in in the team that he picked. Um, but yeah, the, obviously the game got underway. It was a scrappy start to the game, um, and I think it showed it showed what we were in for for the rest of the you know for the game really. That the way we started that game, it was it was scrappy. We gave the ball away way too easily. It was the Wrexham that that we've seen a few times rear its head, and it's just it's it's not a pleasant one to to, to particularly watch. But um, you know, second to everything, we were we were struggling. You know, we were struggling a little bit. But then obviously the the game changed on that on that red card, didn't it? The the um the the set of like sixteen or seventeenth minute, um, because that just just uh, as is it, as it's going to that changed everything. Um, I mean that you know the sending off itself. So you know, look, I'll I'll, I'll give you my opinion, and and unless uh, our guest has uh, has changed his, he he made his feelings very clear on the on. Twitter or X or whatever it is, but I'll, I'll give you my opinion first, and then you can tell me I'm right or wrong. But for for me, it's a, it's a red card. Um, I, you know, I, I've had the benefit of looking at it several times, which the referee and linesman don't get. Obviously, again, we've talked about that before. Whether I like it or not, and, and you can you can give all the cliches you want about oh, the game's gone, and uh, you know it's a it, you know it, what's he supposed to do with his leg, and he got the ball. You can say all these things, but in the modern game. Whichever way you skin it, it's a red card because you know he's followed through. He's made uh, he's made contact, dangerous contact with with the player. Well, he's appeared to make dangerous contact with the player, and in my book, it was a red card all day long. Um, obviously, the referee's not seen it because when you watch it back, he's not got a clear line of sight, so it's the linesman that's that's given it. But the linesman was was convinced it was it was a red, and he had no hesitation. Um, so go on then, tell me what do you think. No way was that a red card. <laughs> you, you haven't changed your mind then? No? It, absolutely not. It was no more a red card than it was Shrewsbury getting promoted this season. But we have got to be absolutely clear. I'm looking at it as somebody who's had a football at his feet for 45 years. 
And I'm thinking about it in terms of the man cleared the ball and as he kicked the ball, his foot came up and caught the player. There was no intent. He wasn't out of control. The, the, the rules are quite clear, but, you know, in this day and age, I've seen red cards given for less. So you, you kind of have to swallow it. And, and that and that's the thing you, you've 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 said it there. You know you, you you're from you're from a, a, a and I'm not I'm not calling you old here, but you're from an era where um, yeah. <laughs> I I remember kicking a football and it broke your toes. That's how old I am. But that's the thing is is that to 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 a degree over 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 a you know a, a couple of decades of of generations you know between us we, we're all we've all, we all remember seeing you know. Vinnie Jones, for example. I mean, you think about some of the tackles that he used to put in, and they used to didn't even used to be given for as a free kick. And I'm just giving an, an example there. Yeah. But the, the game is very different now, isn't it? And I think, unfortunately, as much as I don't particularly like it, unfortunately, in today's game, I think um, the way he followed through with his studs up and where he made contact with the player, it, whether he actually made contact because that they were very good at. Um, uh, at sim- simulation, Newport. To be fair, but whether he, but he certainly appeared to make contact. All those things in, taking it into account in real time that the linesman got one look at it. I can totally see why it was given as as a red. I think you're right. It's the studs for me. I I, I agree with both of you. There, there's a, the, the 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 tackling the tackling has changed and gone by. That would have been absolutely you know a 50 50 thorough solid tackle but because he's gone he's trying to kick the ball and of course his toes go through the ball and then his foot is raised up upwards it's the studs facing the leg going in and his body momentum is pushing him forward and it and i do, i do think there is contact and and but it's studs up contact and and as much as we can say the game's gone soft, I think Jamie's right. The rules state that, that you know it's it's. I know it's aggression and it's you know uh, you know uncontrolled force, and that's the definition they're looking for. But I think linesmen in the moment, without VAR and things like that, are just seeing studs up, making contact. That looks reckless, and they'll give it give it all day long. I think. And don't get me wrong, I'm a fickle sod. If that was a Wrexham player, I would be crying for a red card. <laughs> I think the issue is, I mean, it wasn't you know in the same game, we had a new a terrible back pass from McLean, I might add, and um, Newport player on the on a goal scoring opportunity gets a shove in the back from O'Connell. Nothing, you know. And I just think you know that's more of a red card than. Than, than what I saw. But again, the game changes. Some of us old timers don't move as fast with the time of change. Out, out, out of curiosity, Sai, what did you think? The, 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 problem that I, the problem that I have with the whole thing is that I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm not a fan of Will Boyle. I've watched him play a number of times. He's, he doesn't, for me, fit the Wrexham way we're playing at the moment. He's too, he's too eager to go too high. He's not quick enough dropping back. He always seems late to the ball. He has given away some terrible balls. Yes, he has scored some headers for, from from some uh, set pieces, which has kind of saved him. But for me, he's not he's not a player I'm a fan of, and that has color that colours my judgment with regard to. I just think he's clumsy and therefore deserves a red card. Do you want to know one of the reasons? Do you want another reason why I think he 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 hasn't worked out for us? Is because I think. Although Parky this year hasn't changed his formation, it's still that three-five-two. What he has done this year, and what he's realised, and what he's adapted to, is that we play better with ball playing centre halves. 
Absolutely. Not, not defending centre halves, and that is what Will Boyle is. He's he's a he's a bruising. I'm going to stop this ball at any cost, defender. And when he's got the ball at his feet, he's not that great. You look at what we've had in, at the back. You've got you know he converted Tom O'Connor, who who for all intents and purposes was was a was a defensive midfielder, has turned into be a a Rolls Royce of a, of a centre back. You've got Toza, who although it frustrates the hell out of me that he lumps the ball forward more than he should. He he can play the ball with his feet. And then whoever you've got on the right, whether it's Max or, or Owen O'Connell, again, ball-playing centre-backs. And I think that that's why I think Boyle hasn't possibly worked out because he doesn't fit in with, with what we've become this season. And therefore, he struggled when he has had an opportunity. He struggled. I agree entirely. Because if you look at O'Connell, Connor, Clareworth, Hayden... They're always running forward with the ball. I mean, there are times when I'm shouting, why is Cleworth in the 12-yard box? Because they move so far upfield with the ball. Um, and yet, that isn't Boyle's game at all. He'd probably be better off in Toza's position, where he's just solid, sitting there, heading it away, knocking it away. Although I would say that Toza had a mare of a game at Newport. I don't think he had a good game at all. I don't think there were many players who did, though, Dave, let's be honest. Well, Oconquo was the best player on the pitch for us. Yeah, apart from maybe him and, and Ryan Barnett, it's, I, it, I'm difficult to find any other players where you can sort of say had a good game, to be honest. Just lastly, on the, on the sending off, you've, 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 give, you've give Will Boyle the kiss of death. I've told you before you should stop giving these players kiss of death because <laughs> it's not fair. But anyway, what about, what about the actual... Did you think it was a red card? Yes, yes, yeah. I thought. I thought as soon as it happened, I went, "Oh, he's off." Ah, no, that's not that's not the same answer. So you, as soon as, the, are you saying you agree that that was a red card, or you just knew he was going to get the red card for that? I'm saying I'm saying it was because I have seen similar tackles where they've instantly given a red card. Yeah, I, I thought straight away it was going to be a red card. Actually, when the ref paused and went to speak to the linesman, I thought, "Oh, he might get away with this. He might get away with a yellow." Uh, because I thought, oh, the ref obviously was unsighted or wasn't quite sure, and he's going to ask the linesman, and it's whether the linesman then gives his opinion. The problem is the linesman had a really, really good view if you look at where he's standing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just, I, also, because of my particular thoughts and feelings on Newport County, I just <laughs> knew he was going to get sent off because I knew we were going to go down to 10 because of all the games that we're going to be, you know, we're going to be short. Of course, it's going to be against Newport County. Oh, or without shadow of a doubt. I mean, I went, I went from watching the game straight into the lounge. I'm sure I went. Oh God, Wrexham lost. I went, yeah, because you could just tell it was Newport, and it's like an extra kick in the stomach. I mean, like I say, we can. It it, it was really interesting seeing seeing all the the, the debate after it because there seemed to be a, a quite a significant 50-50 split on people who thought it was and it wasn't but either way he got sent off and, and whichever way you skin it, it you know it, it inevitably changed the game um you know that being said even though we hadn't had a great start and we went down to 10 men we've obviously we've got plenty of bloody practice going down to 10 men this season so I, you know i was still quite optimistic if we could get our shit together that that we could still, um, you know, compete in the game, but we we just couldn't. We couldn't get into any kind of a rhythm. But there was that moment that Barnett is pretty much running down the wing, completely like from your own half. Takes you know, takes on every player that he could possibly get past, and then gets to the byline and pulls it back. And what was an amazing, you know, brilliant uh, six yards sort of ball, and. There was, you know, everybody was further back. So that was not long after the sending off, if my memory is right. So if you taken that, if you taken that lead, then I mean, that would have been a game changer. 
this is this is becoming my new catchphrase now. You're stealing my thunder, Mister James. Sorry. Um, I, I was I was I was literally just going. I was literally just going. That was my next on my notes was Barney's but skill. To be fair, that that was worth calling out. It, it absolutely was worth calling out because it was probably our best uh, offensive moment of the game. I mean, it was it was, uh, you know, it was prime Ronaldo type skill, wasn't it? And and I, I wish see, seeing Barney going forward like that. I wish we 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 could give him a bit more license to do that more often because he's such a joy to watch going forward. I mean, we've talked about him before, and we but you spot on. It was a it was a um, a mega bit of skill, mega run, and and you know you, you look at it and you say, was it a poor decision with regards to where he put the ball in the box? Should he, you know should he have picked out one of the one of the players that was in the box, or, or could you could you throw a question mark at the attackers for not being you know not committing to it more? I mean, it, it doesn't really matter, but you know that was a massive chance, and, and like you say, if we'd have scored there, then it, it's a different game. But we that we didn't really um, capitalize on that, or or, or you know ca- carry on. You know, carry on with that momentum. Um, you know, we had that McLean incident, which which Dave mentioned before. Um, you know, which was a uh, uh, no, sorry, it wasn't the 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 the, uh, the back pass one. This this was the the little bit of argy bargy with with McLean, where I watching that unfold again difficult for me because I was watching it as a replay, so I obviously knew the outcome that there was no other sending off. But when I when I'm watching it, I'm thinking if if you're watching that live, I thought this was going to be the one. You know, it looked like it was the one where we've seen all season. He, 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 his temperament's always on the line, isn't it? He, he's quite clever. He uses all of his experience to to play the opposition and the referee and the, the away fans to play right to the limit. And I, I genuinely thought he was going to cross the line on this this little instant, but you know, somehow he, he, um, he quite surprisingly he kept his cool and and you know, given the scenario, because to to be fair, I, I thought he was gonna he was gonna lose his head. Um, and then as we as we went through that first half, we again we we struggled to, we you know we struggled to get to get any kind of a, a rhythm. Um, you know we needed that half time to 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 try and get a reset. But um, you know there was uh, Arthur made what one of his um, you know one of uh, one big save in that first half. Um, but obviously the Newport goal came, and that you know. It, you, you can't first and foremost you can't criticize uh you can't criticize arthur for it i mean it was it was a hell of a header you have to be confident the attacker it was a yeah. fantastic header um but to, to to be fair that he you know it's that we talked a little bit about this season one of Wrexham's major frustrations or problems is is that closing down they don't close down quick enough a lot of the time and and it, you know it was another example it was poor that he was given so much time on on the edge of the box to cross it and you know Toza was just flat-footed um, but it was a mega header and and you literally you, you couldn't have you couldn't have sort of got put it you know you couldn't have thrown it in in the goal any better than where he put it do you think Cloweth and and Toza could have done better I mean Cloweth was in front of him Toza was behind him and he just got a free header yeah I I think for me, of the two, I think Toza probably should have and could have done better. Um, you know, if if I'm honest, but that's that's you know not me being critical, overly critical of him. I think, like I said before, I don't think any player really uh, came out of it with 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 a glowing uh, with a glowing performance. Um, I, I think sometimes you have to just you can be critical all you want, can't you, to your defence? But sometimes you have to just tip your hat and say, oh, you know, the offensive player. Just got the better of them, um, and in fairness, he 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 did, um, and you know, cue 
shit house celebration, um, which to be fair, we you know we'd have done the same, wouldn't we? So so fair play. Um, but then as that as that half um, as that half played out, then uh, you know the game was just fiddling to half time, and what was noticeable, which obviously. Barkey picked up on because he made a change for the second half was was how isolated Mullin was. You know there was such a big gap between the midfield and Mullin up front. And as much as he'll run his socks off, you know all day for you, um, he, 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 you know he, he or anybody else isolated up there on your own, you're going to struggle a little bit, aren't you? Um, and it, it was good to see in that second half that we didn't, you know, Parky, like I say, he recognised he recognised that 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 was an issue, and he, he came out and he changed the formation slightly. It was it was. Intriguing to see him pushing Barney up up top because obviously that that threw some pace up front, which is something that I you know, sort of said multiple times, and I still think it now. If, if well, that's one of the players we should be looking at bringing in is a, is a quick striker, um, you know, and it was a it was a fairly positive start to second half. Um, Mullin had a had a had a half chance with a header, um, but then you know they should have been two 0 up. I think it was on about fifty minutes. It was that incident that you mentioned before, Dave, which was McLean giving the ball away from a back pass, um, and and you know how he's missed that is is you know beyond me. I mean, we've we've seen a few of them in recent weeks against you know Shrewsbury and, and Wimbledon, where where players have been through on goal and they've completely fluffed it. Um, you know, and then as the game progressed, inevitably, as we you know we we were still trying to to. To do the right things, and 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 the inevitable um, result is that you're going to leave big pockets of space, um, you, you know. And uh, we had, you know, there was that incident where the, the again not closing them down quick enough um, allowed the cross to come in, and it, you know, ricocheted about, it landed at the feet of their player, and it was, a, you know, it was another good save by by Arthur. You know, one of a about three really good saves, I think, that he made in in the game overall, and and rightly was, I think, statistically was our man of the match, and, and rightly so. Um, but yeah, we we were just not at it. I mean, you know, as much as it pains me to say it, and I'm sure you won't agree with me, Simon, but um, you do have to give some credit to Newport. I I thought their game management. No, no, they, <laughs> I thought their game management was was very good at key points of the game. You know, they they kept the ball when they needed to. They played the game at their tempo. They made us chase the ball, um, and you know, the, what you would say is that they didn't threaten us a great deal. And I think the only compliment I can probably give that Wrexham team is the fact that um, for 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 the big portion of the game that we were down to ten. But that's the most frustrating thing, Jim. They they apart from the goal, they had nothing, nothing at all. We could have we could have beaten them if we'd have just. Upped our game ten percent. If Boyle hadn't have lost his head with the, or the ref had not given a red card, we'd have kept eleven on the field. We could have won this easily, but that's the most frustrating thing. They did not play to deserve a win. They played pretty much to deserve a draw. I I didn't. No, no. I and just for the record, I didn't say they deserve to win. I said their game management. They, you have to compliment their game management because because whether you like it or not, you know they won the game. And and fair play to them. At times, they, their game management was very good, um, and you, you have you have to, you know you have to be fair and you have to call that. I agree with you wholeheartedly. We with the quality of players we've got, with the position we're at in the league and they're at in the league, uh, with out Boyle losing his head, or even with Boyle losing his head, 
and what we've seen us do when we go down to 10 men in in multiple other games this season. Well, that's different. Sorry, because I would say you should have. But the game I saw, I thought Newport deserved to win. I thought they were the better team. Now, whether or not they should have beaten you better uh, by more by Who being a ten- Are we friends again? Can I just- <laughs> no. Right, let me explain. Let me explain. Well, you let can tell me explain. it's not a Wrexham fan, can't you? No, 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 no. no. But let me explain. Right, when you go down to 10 men, you know, then Newport should have been far, far stronger. I know it's supposed to be harder to play against 10 men, but, but Newport... Uh, if they if they could bet if they had better finishing and stuff like that, but in their in their general gameplay, I thought they were the stronger team. Uh, and if you didn't know there was a man missing, you would think, oh, this is a you know a balanced game. So it does say a lot to Wrexham's credit that they they held Newport and held them at arm's length. There was you know very little in the second half in terms of goals. Obviously, no goals, but goals attempts, you know, shot attempts. And I just think generally on the overall play they were the better team. Whether or not they deserved to be in that position, that's different. But I think what I saw, I thought they were... I mean, were we unfortunate meeting Newport when we did? Because they are on a massive high at the moment. You know, they they this man new game they've got coming up on Sunday is absolutely dominating news down here. Yeah, they're playing they're playing for places in the team. So I you know, so I think they probably and if that's them at their best, then they're not gonna get very far. Am I right that Newport's um got the smallest squad with the smallest budget. Correct. Yeah. And yet they were able to beat us 1 0. With a Bristol City loanee as who scored the goal. So I had a look at the stats on our page, on the Facebook, on the Wrexham page. And if you look at the stats, you'd think we didn't even come out of the changing room. Yeah. Because 16 shots they had against our four, we had one on target, they had five. I mean, literally, we were just nowhere past the halfway line. So the big question then is why? Why were we that bad? Why were we so bad? Well, I've seen it before, haven't we? This is Accrington. And it's the away form. And I've said it before. We will Our away form could potentially be our undoing. Out of 13 away games, we've only won four. Just just park the away form to one side for a second, because that, that is something that, that does, does, does need touching on. But just coming back to Simon's question a minute ago about why... I mean, there's no hard and fast answer, but but ultimately, y- it comes back to what I said at the very beginning, which which is, you 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 can't expect, or or you have to expect, you have to expect that you are going to have days like we had on Saturday, where we're not going to play our best. It's it's it is just football, you know. Man City, who have blitzed the Premier League for however many years, Barcelona, Real Madrid, all these teams, and you know, you look at Leicester this year in the Championship, whoever it is. Yes, you have teams Chesterfield in, in in the National League. Look what they're doing this year. Yes, you have teams that have phenomenal seasons and play f- really well and get really good results most weeks. But but you 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 are inevitably going to have an an off week. And I you know at this stage, I I would put it more down to an off week. Now, if we have a situation where we're three or four games on the trot and we don't you know we haven't won a game for say four or five games we maybe draw two and lose three or something then it's a bit of a different conversation but at this moment in time and what we have proven already this season is when we've had an off game usually we come back from it strong but i would also say and this is in an attempt to win simon's friendship back again but <laughs> but, but 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 the but the idea that you can't raise your game against newport as in a rival now okay we can talk about welsh derbies or whatever but but they are a rival you have a history 
And if you don't raise your game for that performance, then then it does question it. I can understand, you know, like you said, the Man Cities, all these other t- teams will have off days, and it's obvious. It's sometimes against a random Burnley or a or a or a or a whatever, you know. Liverpool used to historically against Southampton or whatever. It just seemed odd, but but they, they, it happens. Whereas whereas you'd think though against their top rivals, against uh, Man U or a Liverpool or whatever, Man City will always pick up their game because it matters more. And I just found it odd that that, that they were lacking in so you know so many areas in that game and like I say um, Mullin was a lone figure up front and he he, he was not supported not getting um, you know the 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 aggression and the passion that you want which Boyle kind of misinterpreted by the looks of things it it wasn't there in the rest of the team and and that just seems odd when it when so much is at stake yeah I don't disagree with 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 what Daz is saying, you know the the players, and I would, and I, you know, we won't, we won't know, will we? Because we're not privy to the inside, the inside um, stuff. But you would hope that uh, Parky and the management team and the players have had a good long conversation about, you know, um, the, the 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 levels of performance. Because because you, you're right, the bottom line is it wasn't good enough. You know, you, there's there's, I I I accept that the that you're going to have off weeks, and that to me is what what I would put uh, Newport game down to. But but you do have to have long hard looks at yourself sometimes when when you can hold your hands up and admit that your performance as a, as an individual or as a player wasn't as good as it should have been. But as long as you 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 know you're going to go out and try and you know correct it and rectify it, then I think that's all that's all you you, you can do. I mean, like I say, Christ, these people are human beings, and I'm sure we all have off days in our jobs. You know. Um, there's a there's a high level of expectation on them because they're professional footballers, but um, you know I I, I I agree with you. You know you you're right. There shouldn't need to have been any other motivation than the fact that they were playing a a derby game again. I use that term loosely, but it was a derby game, wasn't it? And and you know there there should have been some some motivation for them to to be up for that game. And and if anything, you'd you'd have hoped that the the sending off would have galvanised the, the the remaining players on the team, and you would have seen a you know, like we've seen in the other games this year, where it's happened and we've had a player sent off, it's kind of, well, maybe other than Stockport, it's uh, it's it's galvanised us, and we've 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 moved, we've pushed on from it, but it didn't happen on Saturday. Well, Dave, you talked rightly there about our away form. That's our second away match now, where we have been, you know, we've been soundly beaten, and the performance has been below a par that we would expect. The big question, all for all three of you, why? Why can we be so good at home and score 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 so many goals at home? And yet we go away and it all falls apart. I think that's the magic question. I do wonder how much our fan base at the Kairas has to do with our performance at home. I, I, these are professional footballers, Simon. These are professional footballers. You know, they've played on worse pitches than that. They've played on AstroTurf. They've played on better pitches. Um, I, 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 I think we are probably victims of our own home form success. You can't help but feel that every player gets an extra yard or an extra burst of energy when we're playing at the Kairas. And I think what I saw at Newport was a team that was always half a yard behind the ball, half a yard short with the tackles. They were out of position. Mullin was having to come really deep to pick up the ball. And they were just not there. They just didn't turn up and I think every one of us and I take Jamie's point every one of us 
who've supported this team have been in worse positions than we are now. So you have to put it in context. We're second in the league. But the top five teams, they're divided by five points. You know, and if it comes down to our away form, February, we've got six games and four of them are away. And I actually think the away forms our biggest Achilles heel right now. And I don't know what the problem is, apart from I wonder if we're so fixed on our three-five-two formation that we can't adapt to the to the advantage that other teams have when they play at home. Because Newport stepped up a level when they played us, and Accrington did the same. And actually, our three-five-two gets exposed a little bit. We've got no pace in that team at all. I just, even the wingers, I just don't see the pace and we can't get in behind them all the time unless Mullins on fire. Yeah, we've, 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 it's, to be fair, it's, I think it's, it, it's valid and we've, 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 you know, I've talked about it on here and I think we've had conversations about it before, not for a while, but, you know, when, when you're sitting second in the league and you, and you, you, you get, you're picking up more points than, than you're not, it's often hard to, to kind of brush it under the carpet. But for, for me, it is a concern that there is, a bit of a lack of a plan B. It always has been, you know, we're very rigid, we're very regimental in the way we play. And, and you know, I, at the end of the day, I'm, I, I, me, you, anybody, nobody can criticise that because it's been successful. So is it the prettiest at times? No, it's not. But it, 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 overall, it gets results. But as you progress up the leagues and you're going to come across, you know, and, and, and as you're coming across better teams, better players, uh, better tactical managers and, and you know, people with better ideas tactically on how to, to, to play the game. You have to be able to, like you just said, adapt to different scenarios. And, and we are, you know, the only time really we've we've tried something different is when we've been down to 10 men. We we stay very regimented in this formation and, and that and that's the thing. And you know, whether that's the answer as to 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 you know why or, or how do we improve our away form, I I, I don't know. Um you, you know it, it is it is a bloody um you know it, it is a a, a big question that that you know could we could do with finding the answer to really, but in the reverse to what you were just saying there as well, is that you know you 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 raise your game when you're at home and every other team is doing the same as well, and it's just whether or not they can do it enough. I do think that that that, that will always be that challenge, but you've just got to thank yourselves that you've got you know was it the best best point home. I think you've got the, like some of the best point um, uh, home results in the in all of ninety two teams at the moment. I yeah, think, yeah. In terms of yeah, yeah. home form, so that's I mean that's brilliant. But it just shows you'd, I can't see you being a million miles away from being a better away team just because if your home if your home form is generating that much success um, and the formation works there. I can't see it being a million miles away from being in a good place to start winning on the road as well more often. I mean, that, that said, you, st- you, st- you are still winning away from home. You are getting draws. You are, but it's not losing every game, but, but, but it's, it's a very strange inconsistency between the two from home and away. But I, I think that's, that's the point. That's, I don't think we are winning away. I think we're drawing a lot, but I don't think we're winning a match. We've only won four games away all season mm-hmm. so far. You know, and I think what we're doing is we're coming away going, wow, everyone can live with the point. You know, point away is good. And I don't disagree. I, you know, we're second in the league. Let's not complain too much. But is there an underlying problem with our away form where we we go down to 10 men against Newport and we should still be beating them? You know, everything about those players on that pitch tells you that. Same with Accrington. We just 
you just didn't turn up. I think you 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 make an interesting point about the like the, the next the next sort of month six weeks is you know we have got uh, you know more away games than we've got home. It, it could be quite a significant um, you know significant period in 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 the season, especially given such a tight league. You know, five points separating the top five. It's not much in it, is there? I mean, it's a great competition. <laughs> well, Daz, the the game against Newport also showed a similar type of pattern to all the games we've played, probably since Warsaw between Christmas and the year, uh, even home or away, where teams now are starting a very high press, pinning our wing-backs back and really putting the pressure on for at least the first 30 to 35 minutes. And it seems to take us that long then to get into the game. Do you think teams are starting to work Wrexham out? Is that the problem? Well, it's it's all very well being able to work out how to beat them, but then being able to deliver it is another thing because high press is a very tiring uh, and uh, energetic, you know, sort of um, uh, tactic. You know, you have to have incredible fitness to play high press successfully all the time. Because if if the defensive line is broken, you backtrack. You have to support. You know, it's a it's it it it's a gamble. That that is a gamble if you do high press in that way. But I maybe they can do it for half an hour. Maybe your your your, your assessment there is right. Is that that maybe has as long as they need to do it because it then gives them the footing in the game they want, and they may they may be one goal ahead. They may be whatever, but but that 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 could give them the footing they need in the game to then see out the rest of it. But I I think that's a high that's a that's a strategy. Not every team's going to be able to do, and maybe that's why you have got some other results and some more favorable results with other teams. Um, but no, I think, I think without the, the, the lack of pace up front means the, the threat isn't there to play into the space. So you can't just put the ball over the top and hope somebody runs onto it in that way, um, which is the, the released valve that most teams will have against a high press. Um, and so I, I, it's a tricky one without changing the personnel in your team. Um, you guys have talked at length about, you know, you know, recruitment and and uh, transfers, and if you can get that different type of uh, goal threat, then then that will make at least defenses think again, um, and, and certainly for the short term. It definitely seems to be that Wrexham for the first thirty five minutes are pretty much asleep, and and it takes that amount of time for for them to then get into the game to a point where they can then start to put some pressure on the other teams. I mean, is it pace? Is that the problem? We talked about the fact that we have none. I'm not sure whether uh, I'm not sure whether I would necessarily classify it as um, they 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 they're asleep for the first thirty forty minutes. I I I, I honestly think that uh, in some instances it's it's a legitimate tactic that's 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 deployed by by Parky in the sense that I think he he knows that teams he knows that teams like to play against us with with a high press. You know, most teams we see play against us. You know that have had certainly than the ones that have had success against us have, have done it with a high press, and I think he 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 has a mentality of right, let them do it, and we'll absorb you know we'll absorb the pressure, and then when their energy is 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 running out and depleting down, we can then that's when we can we can then come into the game, and you know some sometimes it it works and sometimes it 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 doesn't. I mean, I I, I again I I've said before I. I'd love to see us come out of of at the start of games a little bit more quicker and aggressively at times, but but that doesn't seem to be our game. Um, in regards to the question about pace, hundred percent. I've I've you know I've said it repeatedly that for me, I I would love to see a foil in that squad 
a pacey striker. You know, I think we've got we've got Mullin, who's our main man, but he he's a currently he's not the same player that he was last year. Now that's not me being critical of him. I think you you know we stepped up in stepped up in quality. I still am not convinced he's a hundred percent fit. Fitness is is a hundred percent. Interestingly, I've heard a few people sort of comment this week that that he he doesn't look. Um, he doesn't look as quick, uh, you know, a short, short burst quick as he as he did. And it's interesting. I've heard a few people say that this week because it's I, I kind of I kind of agree now. Um, but all that being said, he is still our number one striker out and out striker. And if we we need to do more as a team to, to, to get the ball to him, get create more chances for him, because in recent games, we've, we've just he's just been isolated and. I think in in the national league he was able to create his his own chances more than he than he's able to do it in in, in league two. So I think as a team we've got to do more to help him get the chances. But he, you know he's the main man. We've got Fletcher, we've got Palmer, we've got Dolby. All are in a similar kind of bracket. You know, very different players, but all in a similar kind of bracket. Which I know sounds a bit stupid, but I know what I mean in my own head. Um, but the one thing I think we are lacking, certainly up front, but generally throughout the team, is pace. And this, this is why I think if we if we could get hold of a quality and a, and I, and I stress quality, it's not just anybody who's quick. It needs to be a quality, quick goal scorer. Then that then gives you options, doesn't it? If you need to, if you need a game where you need, uh, you know, you need a, a bruiser up front that's going to battle with two bulging centre halves. You've got Ollie Palmer. You've got Fletcher. If you've got a team who Who's going to play like Notts County used to with a dead high line and pressure, you know, and you but leave massive amounts of space in behind? Then you want somebody that's rapid that can can pick up, you know. You you, you think about that game we played Notts County at home last season, and you think if you can imagine if we'd have had a rapid centre forward playing that day, the game would have been out of sight. Yeah, but to be fair, Ollie Palmer kept getting flagged for offside. But Ollie Palmer's not pace, is he? No, no, no. But he still. He still was that close, where you know. No, but but the the, the difference with the difference between Ollie Palmer trying to play on that on the on the shoulder of the defender and a pacey forward playing on the shoulder of the defender, the pacey forward can give himself can give himself room. He doesn't have to play on the shoulder of the defender right on the line. He can give himself room to still beat the defender, so there's less opportunity, less um, less potential that he's going to get caught offside. He has so much space for him to run into. And Ollie Palmer hasn't got that burst of pace, has he? So that's why you know he was getting caught offside all the time. But like I say, I, I pace for me is is it's something we haven't got a lot of. The only pacey player we've got is Barney, and when he's allowed to, and when he's in a position that he can use that pace going forward, well, you've seen what he can do. Well, Wrexham women were also in South Wales over the weekend, visiting the capital to take on Cardiff City women in the beautiful surroundings of the Cardiff City Stadium. Steve Dale made two changes from the Barry Town win. Charlotte Bolland was in goal, replacing Del Morgan. At the back, Katie Sharp and Karen Allen were joined by Phoebe Davis, back from suspension. Lily Jones was moved back into midfield, joined Rebecca Pritchard, TJ Dickens, Amber Lightfoot and Mary Gibbard. Cara Jones up front with Eva Suckley. On a stormy Sunday night, Cardiff started strongly, getting a chance after only three minutes. Collie broke the defensive line and had a shot on goal, which was deflected wide off Karen Allen. However, on seven minutes, Cardiff got their first goal. 
Collie again beat Sharp on a bouncing ball towards Bolland, who came out to the edge of the box. Collie managed to muscle her way in and get to the bouncing ball, lifting it into the far corner of the goal. Cardiff City women won, Lexham women nil. 18 minutes and Cardiff nearly had a second when a clearance was intercepted by Kehoe. She hit a shot, which was tipped wide by Bolland. Wrexham, for their part, worked really hard without particularly threatening the Cardiff goal. 20 minutes and Wrexham finally got a shot on goal when Lily Jones tried a speculative effort. Then Suckley shot from a tight angle, but that too was saved. 30 minutes and Suckley had another tight shot, but this was deflected wide by Hannah Power. Wrexham had an appeal for a penalty turned down after Walsh seemed to handle the ball, but the claim was waved away. 34 minutes, a break attack on Wrexham's goal resulted in a shot by Bainan, parried by Bolland, but straight into the path of an unmarked collie who tapped it into an open net. Cardiff City women 2, Wrexham women nil. Cardiff had another chance on 42 minutes with a free kick by Price that was hit straight to Bolland. Second half and Kehoe came close, just dragging the ball wide. Lily Jones had a good chance from the edge of the box, but it was saved by Chamberlain. 60 minutes and a return by Rosie Hughes in place of Rebecca Pritchard and almost made a difference straight away with Cara Jones and Lily Jones, whose shot was eventually saved. 74 minutes and Mackenzie replaced Lily Jones and Lily Whitefoot replaced Eva Suckley. Not long after that, Kehoe nearly scored, but a great play by Bolland pressured her into hitting the shot wide. 80 minutes and Cardiff got a third when Richardson steered the ball into the net at the near post. Cardiff City women 3, Wrexham women nil. Not long after this, Erin Lovett came on for Katie Sharp, and the game was played to its natural conclusion. Daz, no real surprises here, unfortunately. What did you make of this game? Uh, no, 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 no yeah, real surprises. I mean, I think what we saw uh, the, again was just Cardiff's dominance in terms of fitness and control. Um, just a, a brilliant team to watch at this level. Um, so comfortable on the ball, playing it out from from the back. Um, you know, some really good wing play. Fion Price, it's just uh, phenomenal. I mean, the number of quality crosses Fion Price put in. Uh, I, I I hate to say it, but they should have been six seven nil ahead at half time. It was just gorgeous. You know, the cross balls, dead balls, corners. The number of times and. I, I, I'm still amazed that the Cardiff players, they know they've got how good a crosser of the ball she is, and yet they didn't make the most of it. <laughs> you know, they, they must know she's got that good. They play with her every week. She was just incredible. So many attempts. So I think I think Wrexham have to be very grateful that, that, that the rest of the team weren't quite as uh, uh, in tune with her. Um, but uh, no, I, I just think that the, their quality on the ball, their, their calm, measured passing, um, they've got some quality up front in terms of um, Molly Kehoe, um, which we've talked about before. But yeah, Collie was the star, obviously, the game this time around with, with her two goals. I mean, the first goal, yeah, it's it's that classic, you know, um, the ball bouncing, catching somebody off guard, not sure where, where it is. You know, the, it was just the fact that the, the attacker, Collie, was on the shoulder of the defender, making sure making sure it was a, it, nothing was easy uh, and fair play. Put, took a swipe at it, put, lobbed the keeper, and it, you know it trickled into the goal. I mean, Bolland all night was coming out of her goal quite sharply. Was that a mistake for that one? Do you think she should have stayed more towards her line? Yeah, I think I think in those moments, the 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 defender is at least 
when the defender and the attacker are like that so close, I think you have to have a certain amount of faith that your defender is going to make it difficult or um, get there first. I think as soon as you start coming out like that, yes, narrow the angle, make it difficult to score, but, but coming so far away... Um, and they're so fit, they're so fast. So the, the, the chance of Collie getting to that ball first was pretty high. So I just think that that was naivety, I think, particularly. Um, and and then you know the second goal again, the goalkeeper parries it away. I mean, it was a it was a, it wasn't a stinging shot, but it was a decent shot. Um, and as as with all goalkeepers are taught, you're supposed to try and save and push away. But uh, you know her save just pushed it straight into the the path of Collie, who very neatly and very calmly slotted that that second one in really um and then the third one uh again you know by that point i think i think that you know i think they realized that the game was out of their reach and stuff like that so um it, you could forgive them a little bit but it's it's it, it, it was so obvious it was i'm not saying it was an uncomfortable watch but i i, I did find myself enjoying watching the cardiff team because i just thought they were really, really good. Um, now, now, what I do have to say was though that there were there was a moment, of course, when um, uh, Rosie Hughes comes on, and it felt like almost like an immediate change in the energy. There was like an immediate. I mean, I don't know if it was coincidence, but then their first proper attack for some some time um, came about as she was on the pitch, and there was a couple of those, and and then it ebbed away again. You know, so I I think that's got to be a positive that you've got uh, fit, back to fit fitness uh, levels getting back to normal for Rosie Hughes. That's what you want to see because she then generates a very different threat up front. Um, you know, you've been guys you've been talking about the men's team. You know, just just by having that threat and the defense have to play a very different game than the very comfortable game they were playing against you know the, the, the attack that they, they they had in front of them so you've got that potent threat plays through the lines and is physical as well um then i i just thought you know kind of genuinely had, had, had a really easy easy time of it and it's a shame because you know you've got some you know some really good players in the team doing a really good job but the, i just think like the likes of mckenzie and things like that you know they they were absolutely outshone by, um, uh, you know, some some of the Cardiff players. You know, Sarah Watkins and stuff like that. She just looked brilliant baller. So I don't know. It, it was um, I I don't watch Cardiff that often, but but just seeing them play and you can see again why they're the unbeaten team and why they're you know they're marching on in every competition. Um, and uh, it's going to take something very special to beat that that Cardiff team. And unfortunately, and, I, and again, I don't know if it's the occasion, you know, playing in, in the Cardiff City Stadium. Um, the the, uh, the Cardiff team have done it before and obviously enjoyed the opportunity and the experience. And they're hoping to do it a lot more often. And on that result, why, you know, why not? Um, whereas perhaps um, the Wrexham team haven't played at the race course as many times and it's a very different type of stadium again. But, you know, they, were they overwhelmed by the occasion? I'm not sure. It's, it's hard to tell. But they felt it, it did look very comfortable. And, and I'm afraid Wrexham were, you know, a little bit out of their depth, I guess, against a really quality team. Dave, have you managed to see the women's side much this season? I have. I've, I've mainly on the TV. I went to the first few home games. I uh, went to the the opening with Swansea at the Rock. But um, other than that, I've generally tried to watch it. Um, I think I think Gaddaz sums it up perfectly. I think Cardiff are the benchmark of where we want to be. Um, I think you're talking about a Wrexham team that came up to the Premier 
And, you know, for the most part, most of the team is still there. I think that we have to recognize the, the void is quite large or it feels that way. But you couldn't fault the players on the pitch. They gave their everything. It just wasn't going to be enough. And, uh, you know, that, that, that you couldn't necessarily be too disappointed about that defeat because of the performance they put in. But I think you, you, you're right, Daz. It's a different team when Rosie's on the pitch. Um, she brings something different. And I think every opposition knows it. Um, but I, I just think, you know, let's use this as, as Cardiff is the benchmark we aim to be, you know, and get to. So we know what we need to do now. I also think that the, the, in the same way as the, as, as the men's team, you, you, you can't underestimate the, the significance of being a promoted side. You know, I think we have to really reckon, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no given right that the, either of these teams should be at the top of their respective tables. Um, and, 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 and this, you know, particularly with this women's side now who have come from a very, very particular league, you know, non-league, you know, um, you know, uh, amateur version of the game to a semi-pro version of the game. You know, it's a huge shift, and 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 Cardiff and Swansea have been doing it for a lot, lot longer. Um, and so, for them to even be, you know, so close, even you know, to be third and 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 really pushing Swansea, I think is absolute testament to what a shift and a whole, you know, a whole change in level that the team has achieved. But it's it's still that much shorter again of Cardiff. And you're right, there is a benchmark, and I think that's the exact word to describe them. I mean, Dave, how how impressed have you been with the women's side with their first season? Uh, I mean, you, you, I mean, to be honest with you, I've been impressed with the women's team in their promotion season as well. You know, you know, taking on you know teams with with a sense of expectation that they were going to win, and then they get promoted, and they've come into a league which again is another level. Um, they've become semi-pro, you know, and, you know, most of the players are those players that have come through with us, you know, so we haven't brought in a massive amount of um, uh, new players, but you can definitely tell that we lack quality in the depth of the team. So, you know, you look at Cardiff and the way they were moving that ball around and, and Daz mentioned about Fion Price. You know, you did. They're they're not just relying on a striker with a hundred goals. You know that there's a depth in the whole team. But I would argue that you cannot be disappointed with the Wrexham women's performance to be third in their opening uh, promotion season. It's a bit like the men's. You can't argue that we wouldn't be in a better position than second on our on our debut into English football again. You know, it, it, you have to put it in context, but I do think the, the void's a bit bigger for our Wrexham women's team. So, Dave, you're women's manager. Uh, we're in transfer window season. You know, money's not an object. Where where would you show up the team right now? Where What does the team need right now to start that push? I would say that our left back is a position I would strengthen. I think we are going to be absolutely gutted without Doran. I think she's a big loss in that middle. I think we have got, you know, and it's worth mentioning the the retirement of Harry, um, Hannah Carrier-Coppolis. You know, everybody was praying that she'd return because I think she would have brought some seasoned veteran football to the team. 
but she's not going to come back. I think you have to build on where we're, we're needing strength. And I actually think we need a little bit more in that centre midfield, just a little bit extra so we can have the likes of Lily and Lightfoot moving up the pitch. And I think we need some. Uh, we need a good left back, and I think Doran's going to be a loss now for the rest of the season. So, so let's let's compare it to the men's team. So you're talking about a George Evans type of player, holding yes. midfielder, right? Yeah, okay. and actually quite tall. I would say if you know if you can get quite a tall. I mean, you watched that with um, Swansea, didn't we? They had that kind of I can't remember her name now, but she was she was quite a solid centre midfielder, and she just moved the ball out all the time, and she was solid. That's what we need. And then left back wise, you're talking about what? Like, a, are you talking about a winger, a la, a la? Yeah, you know, I, I'm Mendy not. F- or, 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 or well, I, I, or Ford. I, or? I think you know when when you start talking about the new Saints game, I think you'll note just how Lovett struggled on that wing. Yeah. With she's no pace, is she? And and I think that's what you're missing is pace. You need someone like Pritchard who's just going to run up and down that wing. Um, and I think that's that. That's what we need on the left. We need that a bit of pace and a bit of sustainable um, endurance. Well, Jamie, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Cardiff have absolutely blown everyone off the path in the league, particularly Wrexham, who have now suffered three heavy defeats at their hands. I mean, can they be stopped this season, or are they going to get the trouble? No, they 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 are going to take some beating. I mean. You, you, you'd you'd be brave to, to say that they're not going to win everything that they're in. Um, you know, the, 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 the lads have, have both uh, summed it up perfectly. You know, at the minute, they are, the you know, the term benchmark was used. They are undoubtedly the benchmark for everybody else in the league. Um, you know, they, they're on a different level and they've, you know, proved it against, against us on three occasions now. Um, you know, they've got quality all over the pitch. They've got strength and depth. They're a very good football inside. Um and they they are gonna take some 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 stopping and, and I, I I would be genuine genuinely I'd be shocked if they don't win everything that they're in this year. Um and and you know for for, for us and for Wrexham like exactly like just to reiterate what Dave said really, I think we we should be immense, you know, the, 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 the girls should be immensely proud of what they've achieved so far this season, the position that they're in. I think there's definitely room for improvement, but I think, you know, if you go right to the top of the club, Rob and Ryan and Gemma and, and everybody else, they'll, they'll know that, you know, this, you, you have to remember the, the huge step that we've taken since last year and to think what we're, what they've achieved this year already is, is, is outstanding. So, you know, this is a this is a, a long term project that I'm sure will continue to get resource and focus put into it, and we will continue to get more players and better players, and we we will get better and better. And I, I you know, there, there will come a time where we'll we will be toe to toe with them. I'm 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 convinced of it. But at this moment in time, uh, us along with everybody else are are still a little bit short of, of what Cardiff are at the minute. I'm afraid. Well, playing for the second time in a week, Wrexham women popped down the road to visit the new Saints women at a rain-drenched Park Hall Stadium. Steve Dale made four changes from the Cardiff City defeat. Del Morgan was back in goal, Erin Lovett back in a defensive back four, Mackenzie in for Dickens, and a start up front for Rosie Hughes in place of Eva Suckley. TNS got off to a very fast start in what was a first half of end-to-end drama and was rewarded in the second minute. Emily Ridge firing a vicious cross shot which hits the underside of the bar and bounced straight down for Helen Evans to head it over the line. 
TNS women won, Wrexham women nil. Evans could have made it two on seven minutes from a free kick, but it was expertly saved by Morgan. 11 minutes in a corner for TNS resulted in an open header by Tear into the net. TNS women two, Wrexham women nil. Wrexham took a while to get warmed up, already two down in 11 minutes, before having their first chance on goal. Gibbard shooting straight at the keeper. 13 minutes and 10 and he made it three, just shooting over. 16 minutes and Lightfoot charged towards the TNS goal, but her shot was deflected into the side netting. At 18 minutes and Ridge just missed the goal, clipping the bar. Wrexham needed to steady the ship and started to turn the tables. 22 minutes, Mackenzie had a decent shot saved by the keeper. Then a cross from Hughes was met by Lightfoot. Her shot was blocked. 24 minutes, Davis from midfield hit a lovely pass to Hughes, who shot early and straight at the keeper. You could feel that a goal was coming, and on 27 minutes, it did. Corner to Wrexham, Lily Jones swung the ball into the box, met by Karen Allen, and into the bottom corner. TNS women 2, Wrexham women 1. Wrexham continued to pile on the pressure. 32 minutes and another corner. Lily Jones again for Katie Sharp at the back post to knock it in. TNS women 2, Wrexham women 2. 39 minutes and Wrexham nearly took the lead. Davis shot beating the keeper but hitting the post. Just before the break, Hughes again had a shot just over the bar. Second half and Lightfoot worked her usual wing magic but her shot was blocked. Then more drama on 51 minutes when Evans made a two-footed tackle on Phoebe Davis, earning her a deserved straight red card. TNS now down to 10 players. As is the way, this made it hard work for Wrexham to take the game by the scruff of the neck, and Wrexham made some changes for fresh legs on 60 minutes. Pritchard came on for Lovett, and Dickens came on for Lily Jones. 65 minutes, and Eva Suckley came on for Rosie Hughes. 70 minutes, and a vital header off the line by Katie Sharp, stopped the home side taking the lead. The game became really tense as each side had chances. Eventually on 74 minutes, Wrexham finally for the first time took the lead. Pritchard with a cross that had a wicked spin for Gibbard to tap it in. TNS women two, Wrexham women three. Wrexham continued to press but couldn't find another goal even with the number of chances they created. 86 minutes and Ruby Jones was brought on for Lightfoot and Wrexham continued to press the 10 players from TNS with a number of chances well into injury time. Wrexham finished the week still in third place, four points ahead of TNS in fourth with a game in hand, nine points behind Cardiff at the top. Wrexham are 10 points safely in the top half with only three home games remaining. Daz, what a game this was. Not sure if you managed to see it, no, no. I was going to ask you how 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 was it? I I couldn't find how to watch it anywhere. TNS streamed it for five pounds to watch the watch the stream. Oh well, I'm not giving my money to TNS. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I had the same feeling. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's too close to the border for me. Um, no, I I, I just re- I, I read I read the uh, the write up and and obviously you've given you know given the the bulk of the detail in that and uh, I, yeah, it sounded like uh, quite the quite the interesting first. 20 minutes, half an hour, or whatever, you know, how, how they got themselves into that position. Cause everything else, when you read the report, it just talks about how dominant they were. And obviously the comeback was impressive and then that they continued to push on. So it feels like it was a game where Wrexham shouldn't have let them get that lead. So and certainly not a two goal lead um, that early on, cause it, it would have then obviously led onto a far more comfortable game, play the dominant, be the dominant, dominant team that they, they should be and clearly are. Um, and 
uh, I've seen some photographs. I've seen the crunching tackle um, that that led to the red card. You can just see poor Dave, you know, Davis is standing foot is there, and she's kind of it looks. I don't know if it's too. Two foot, two footed slider, is it something that like that? That was definitely a red if card. If you have any doubts about the Boyle <laughs> red card, there are no doubts about this red card. That was definitely a red, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, so the, fo- mean, the fo- photographs looked, but yeah, I mean, it could have been a lot worse if she'd had all the body weight on that leg. It, it, it could have been a, a proper leg breaker by the looks of things. So, yeah, not, not good to see. I mean, watching the game, basically, TNS, I think we're told, go out and blitz them, absolutely blitz them. Don't give them a second to, to gather the game. Go at them, push hard, use all your energy in the first 20 minutes because you'll get a lead and then we'll defend. And that's what they tried to do. And it nearly worked. And I think I think, I think, if they'd have stayed with 11 players on the pitch, they might have just about got the draw. The red, the red card changed it. Um, but you, you could just feel the flip at 51 minutes when she goes off. Just like suddenly Wrexham thought, oh, this is within our gift. I mean, she clearly is an important player to them as well, you know, by being involved with the goals and stuff like that. So it, it's it's not just about, um, uh, you know, a, her a tackling or a defensive play. You know, you, you miss the threat as well if she's that kind of player that she gets about the park. And, and yeah, you lose a significant player. But, but, but when you then give that momentum over uh, in such a way, um, it's, 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 you know, the rest of the team are probably think, going, thanks, you know, thanks for that. I mean, Jamie, good to see Rosie Hughes back, although two of the goals were from set pieces and scored by defenders. So I'm not sure what you want to say about that. I mean, how impressed are you that Wrexham came back from being two goals down to win? Oh, it's, it, it is impressive, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, it shows, um, it, it shows um, you know, a, a great attitude and great resilience. It, it mirrors a lot of what we've seen on, you know, on, on the men's side over the last couple of years. Um, you, you know, it, it takes, it, it tells you a lot about the, you know the attitude and the temperament of of the set of players to to be two 0 down, but to, to still sort of you know roll sleeves up and and you know get back into it, albeit you know like, like you said the sending off had a big impact on on the game. But um, yeah, you know they they've proven um, this season that when when the the knocks come and there have been a few knocks, you know they've they've proven. That resilience, you know, like we talked about before with the men's side, that they've usually re- responded and rebounded quite well when they've had a bad, bad result. The women's team have done exactly the same. And uh, okay, it maybe wasn't the the prettiest of wins, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, does it? It's it'll go down as as, as three points, and that's all that matters. Um, you, you know, it's great to see, like you say, it's great to see Rosie Hughes back. You know, we the, the team have definitely missed her. She she is, you know, a standout player, and I think any 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 side that, that, that she's playing and is going to miss her when she's not playing. So so hopefully now she can stay fit for the remainder of the season. Um, you, you, can't, you can't replace what she offers you. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's good to see, see her back. But like, like you say, the fact two of the goals caught by defenders, it's, it's good as well that where goals are being contributed by other players on the pitch rather than a constant reliance on, on Rosie you, you know, to, to get the goal. So um, yeah, no, good, good, good result. Um, you know, take take after the Cardiff game, take take the three points and and move on. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, it's obviously you know you you still got to score the goal, but Lily Jones's free uh, uh, corners are absolutely superb. They're whipped in at pace, exactly right into that danger area. Perfect, perfect corners. Real a real skill, which is incredibly difficult. Um, Dave, obviously now, like I said, Wrexham are now ten points clear of Aberystwyth in fifth. 
Uh, they've got three home games left against Aberystwyth, uh, Cardiff Met and Pontypridd. Pontypridd, you, you, chances are you're going to get three points unless you're incredibly sloppy. Cardiff Met are going to be difficult. Aberystwyth are going to be tricky. But you're pretty much, you're pretty much thinking that's Wrexham secured in that top half for phase two. What do Wrexham have to do now looking forward, knowing that they've got to play Cardiff and Swansea and probably TNS, but hopefully Aberystwyth again, to try, really kind of cement their place in that top four? I, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, we're three points behind Swansea, aren't we? So, you know, in some ways, Swansea's still got to play Cardiff at home in the City Stadium. You know, it'll come down to goal difference. But you're right. I think, you know, I think this is where Wrexham want to be. They want to be mixing it with the top teams. So I think we'll rile. I think, I think we'll love it. Um, I think my expectations are not going to be high. I think, you know, I don't expect us to beat Cardiff. <laughs> um, I do think that it will be a great, uh, um, what's the word, status, not status, uh, signal for the seasons to come that Wrexham are coming up and mixing it like they are. Um, so I think I think we should be very proud and I think we'll be up for it. Um, I think if we end up playing TNS again, you know, the Shropshire-based team, I think we could we could see some really good football. Well, yeah, compared well, if any, the match last night was anything to go by, absolutely, it was far more like interesting a cup than game. the other two games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where, where, what, what would you be happy with right now? Second? Uh, uh, who wouldn't be? You know, um, given where Cardiff City are, um, I would kill for second. But I'd settle for third. I mean, you can't be disappointed with third place in your in your in your kind of in, inaugural introduction into the Adran Premier. You just can't be disappointed. And the performances that that team have delivered have been really good. You know, um, I think we're going to struggle. As I said before, I think we're going to miss Doran. Um, I think she's a force at the back. Um, but we'll, with those three games at home are winnable. Going tonight in front of Daz, you'll upset him. No, no, no. But I, I do think that, you know, that is absolutely the case. I mean, I'm very grateful that, that you did beat the New Saints. It's given us, you know, uh, a, a chance to make the top. Because I'd love it to be Aberystwyth in the top four with the, with, with the three with the three genuine teams that belong there. Everybody else is also Rans and then there's pont de and then and, and, and I say that in the sense that, you know... We, uh, unfortunately, Aberystwyth are the one team that's given Pontypridd the point, so I, you know, I don't deserve to say that. But, but no, I, I think the, the New Saints slipping up against uh, against you guys. At least now, Aberystwyth, if they win all their games, you know, we'll be fine. Uh, you're, 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 you're safe though, Simon. The point you've got three games to go, and you're ten points ahead. So I know we've got a game in hand, but but uh, one of those is is against you, and one of them is against New Saints, and you know, we've got quite a tricky uh, trickier run in. So I think you're perfectly safe in the top four. I think you're right. You should be looking up Swansea's heels. But you know, from from TNS's point of view, they've got to play Swansea away yet. Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's a, that potentially a points dropped, and you're four behind. Well, I mean, it's the the um, the last game of this set, this first set of fourteen, is uh, is New Saints against Abba, uh, and the last game of the uh, of the the set for Swansea and Cardiff is a uh, Cardiff Swansea fit. You know, so there's two very tasty games in that final final game of the first set. And they're all kicked off at ten past five. They're all kicking off at the same time as well. So yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be an absolute <laughs> belter of a weekend, definitely. 
Let's fire up the cookers as it's time for the chip shop to open its doors. Jamie and Daz are ready to fiddle the till. So first into the fryer, it's Aberystwyth Town Women. Aberystwyth Town and Wrexham meet for the second time this season, this time at The Rock. Last time they met in October, Wrexham ran out 2-1 winners, goals from Rosie Hughes and Rebecca Pritchard. Since that loss, Aberystwyth have played five league games, won one, drawn one, lost three. A 4-0 loss at home to Swansea, 4-3 loss away at TNS, a 2-0 win away at Barry Town, a 5-0 loss at home to Cardiff City and a one-all draw away at Pontypridd United. Aberystwyth sit fifth in the table with three wins, three draws, four losses, goal difference of minus four and 12 points. Ten points behind Wrexham, but with a game in hand. And the chips are done. Daz, difficult one for you, this one, I know. Have you been really disappointed that Aberystwyth haven't finished the year the way that they started? Well, I, I, th- I think I was pleasantly surprised that they were achieving so much at the time. I think I think we have to put it into context. They are not in the same league as, as the, the other three teams. We've said this many times. You know, they're not... Yeah, they're not getting paid the same. They don't have the same kind of contracts. You know, there's the, the committee members are all volunteers. I mean, everything about it is amateur in that way. Um, but what you have to be impressed with is that they've got, uh, you know, a player after player coming through their academy system, through the youngsters, and they're building a team with a lot of youth. It's just whether or not they can keep them. You know, there's, there's some real talent. Uh, and the danger is when you've got that talent, then the, the clubs that do offer contracts and do offer uh, a more sustainable uh you know uh, opportunity to play the game uh, it's going to become quite alluring and so it's it's that's going to be their biggest challenge i think is to is to is to keep the players but no i'm not disappointed i think i think i think i've been disappointed with a couple of individual performances or games um where we would have hoped that they could have um uh yeah the consistency um, and certainly giving, you know, giving points away or not getting the three points against Pontypridd might come to bite us um, because I think it would be great. I genuinely think it would be a great achievement if they make fourth and, and then get to play the second part uh, in amongst, you know, yes, it, it, the likelihood of getting uh, a very challenging game every week could be demoralising, but you are playing against the, t- the, the top level and that's where you want to be. You want to be testing yourself against the best. Um but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a, um, a a tight run for the fourth, I think, as we've said, and and this is the beginning of it. But I do think, from Rexon's point of view, I do think that this is arguably the toughest game you've got coming up. I think obviously you've got Pontypridd. I think your last one is Cardiff Mayor. Cardiff Mayor, yeah. 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 So I I do think that. You, you know that this is the, this is the hardest but you've still got two more games to get your additional points and then you're safe you only have to let's just say you only have to win or even draw one more game and you've got three to do it from um but um uh, i i i i would like to think that Wrexham have still got plenty um plenty you know plenty in them to beat Aberystwyth. um you know i think as much as the, the recent games have been either demoralizing or challenging or what have you if, if you think of like a three nil defeat to cardiff but I, th- I think we've said they played well uh the comeback against tns must put them in good spirit and they must feel that they can uh, achieve but a team like Aberystwyth will see um tns's performance and think okay 
they 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 are match we can match them we can potentially do that and and you know who knows i mean say abrasif did get a draw against cardiff city they're the only team to get points from them so we know they can be disciplined we know they can be organized we know that they can uh, get good results uh, it's just whether or not at this stage of the, the of the season with the couple of injuries they've got the fatigue setting in or what have you um it's it's can they can they sustain it against uh, another quality team like Wrexham? Jamie, Wrexham playing three games in eight days, plus the travel from South Wales. I mean, do you see them having any difficulties in this game? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not going to be a it's not going to be a walk in the park, is it? I mean, the um, like you've just said, three games in eight days is is, is going to be a, a tough ask, and you know, anyway, because as we've we've said before, you know, we're not blessed with a with a massive squad, and obviously we are ravaged with injuries at the minute as well. So, you know, it'll be a lot of the same players playing, you know, playing again. Um and and like Daza said, you know, Abros with a no mugs, you know. So, it, it, I yes, I do anticipate it being a tough game. It's not going to be a, a, a you know an, an easy game, um, but it's one that I still think I, I still think Wrexham can win. So, time for the salt, vinegar, and sauce core. Daz, what's your score predictions for Wrexham women versus Abros with Town women? Yeah, it's a tricky one this, um, because Abros with don't score many goals, but they don't concede many, you know, in terms of the top flight teams that, you know, the top half teams, you know, they've conceded, you know, way fewer goals than the new Saints, but they've only scored 13. It's just, you know, and then Wrexham scored 24, you know, there's, there's, there's a gulf. So, um, I, I think there's going to be one goal in it and I've got two options here, but I am going to go with my, Revised. I'm going to go for one nil Wrexham. I think it's going to be tight, and I think uh, Wrexham won Aberystwyth nil. Jamie, what's your score prediction for Wrexham women versus Aberystwyth Town women? Wrexham two, Aberystwyth nil. And I'm predicting Wrexham women three, Aberystwyth Town women one. Aberystwyth's form has dropped off a cliff. Wrexham midweek win will give them some confidence. Plus, we're home equals what should be a simple win for the Dragons, although. Aberystwyth have got a result in them, and I would possibly expect a bit of an upset. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And next into the fryer, a much-anticipated dish. It's Blackburn Rovers. Wrexham fans will need to wait until Monday night to see them play in the round four. Wrexham fans will need to wait until Monday night to see them play in round four of the FA Cup as the team, plus over 7,000 fans, will travel to Ewood Park to take on the Riversiders. Wrexham have made the fourth round for the second year in a row, defeating Mansfield Town 2-1 in round one, Yeovil Town 3-0 in round two, and Shrewsbury Town 1-0 in round three. Blackburn Rovers are currently in the EFL Championship, two leagues above Wrexham in 17th, with 10 wins, three draws and 15 losses, a goal difference of minus 12 and 33 points. Blackburn have a proud history in the FA Cup, winners six times and runners-up twice. They were also Premier League champions in 1995. This year, year Blackburn joined the competition in Round 3, beating League One side Cambridge United 5-2 at home. Wrexham and Blackburn have met 14 times before, Wrexham winning three, drawing nine and losing two. They've last met in a 1-0 loss at the racecourt in 1982. Blackburn are favourites to win this one at 13-20. Wrexham are 4-1 and 7-2 the draw, 
with the most likely score a 2-1 Blackburn win or a one-all draw, both of these at 8-1. And the chips are done. Jamie, you'll be there on Monday. What kind of a game are you expecting? Oh, it's a tough one, this, isn't it? I mean, it, it, if you look at everything on paper, you know, we, we've we sold a full away allocation, so over 7,000 fans going on a Monday night, which is, you, you can... You can uh, all the criticism that that that's that's levelled at Wrexham, the Wrexham fan base, in, certainly in the last twelve eighteen months. You know where were you when you were beep um, and all that jazz. It, it it's irrelevant, isn't it? Wherever the you know for people to 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 go in in that number on a Monday evening to go and follow and watch and support Wrexham is is fantastic. And and, and as is being reported at the minute, supposedly we've sold more away tickets than than they have home tickets now you know I'm, I'm expecting that to even out but i think it's going to be a whatever happens i think it's going to be a fairly even um attendance which is crazy to to, to, to think but um you know we're gonna have a massive crowd we we know our our pedigree in this competition not just you know not just in recent you know last year and, and in recent times but you know the, the the history of all you know all the big games over the years you know Birmingham West Ham obviously Arsenal you know we've got we've got a rich history in this competition we love the FA Cup you know we've got quality players regardless of who plays regardless of what happened against Newport Blackburn are struggling you know they're 17th in the championship um they're not in great form uh, they they've got some considerable defensive weaknesses from what I've kind of heard and read. So all taking everything into account and on paper, you'd say uh, an upset's on, but it's never that straightforward, is it? Um, what kind of game do I expect? I mean, I, you know, for, for me, I still class this as a free hit for, for Wrexham. You know, at the end of the day, regardless of where Blackburn are in, in the championship and regardless of their form and their, and, and their, their, their recent form or current form, they are still then they should still be the favorites you know being a, a a team two two leagues above us um you know if we go there and we lose um as long as we give them a game you'd expect that if we go there and win i don't think anyone would be surprised about it either uh, so i i do very much see it as a, as a free hit and i think for, for me that that's the key to it is, is is if we as long as we go and we give a good account of ourselves if that's enough on the night to to, to 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 get the job done, whether that's a win or, or a draw to bring them back to the race course, then then happy days. Um but you know, if 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 we do lose, as long as we've given a good account of ourselves, then then I'll be I'll be happy with that. But you you'd have to say that the 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 players should be up for it. They're that you know, they're they're there for the for the for the you know, for the beating. Gaz, bookies make Blackburn out and out favourites. And they're, but uh, sorry, bookies make Blackburn out and out favourites, but their form is not good at the moment, as Jamie said. Are the bookies wrong and an upset likely? Uh, it's it's you you mentioned it's two complete divisions apart. That's the difference. You can be out of form, um, and still still be able to uh, put a performance together that's strong enough to beat a team in in League Two. You would think, um, but. That's the magic of the cup. Um, is that you? You guys have proven it against Coventry. You've proven it, you know, before that a um, 
that there can be a gap between teams um, and and still be able to sort of close that gap with really good performances. Um, I just think the away game, the away form, all of that thing we've talked about relentlessly is that that's that's got to be a factor against. I think two divisions and black, you know, it's a big old stadium, Ewood Park. Um, not not something that you you know the players play in often. I know they've done Coventry, but but it's not. I I I, I would still expect. Blackburn to win. I think that's why that the majority of the bookies have gone for a marginal win, um, or potentially at best a Wrexham draw and then it's a replay. But um, I, I, I do think that regardless of of of, of how out of form Blackburn are, um, there should be still uh, enough of a level shift between the two teams. Well, Jamie, the draw for round five will be made the day before this game, so the potential opponents in round five would be known. How much of a difference would it make to the game if the potential opponents weren't part of a glamour tie and were somebody like Newport County? Oh, God, no. Um, don't, don't wish that, for Christ's sake. Um, well, it's not going to be Swansea, I promise you that. Uh, no, no, that's for sure. Um you'd you'd like to think you'd like to think it wouldn't have an impact uh, and they would approach the game and, and both teams would approach the game in the same way regardless of who uh, they're, they're potentially up against in the next round but that's a tough one that isn't it I mean if you're if you're I, mean, I suppose if you're Wrexham or Blackburn if you are sat in a draw where you know that if you beat the, the team that you're about to play You've got a home tie against a Liverpool, a Man United. Uh, you know what you'd consider one of the big hitters in the Premier League. Surely that's going to give you a bit of motivation. And and likewise in the opposite direction, if if you if you find out that if you win, you're going to be away to Newport, then that probably is going to have the opposite effect. Um, I, I I don't know. I for 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 me. Um, for, for me, like, like I just like I can only reiterate the point I made a minute ago. I, I see this game, regardless of who we potentially were going to play in the next round, I see this game as a free hit. The only frustration is going into this game already knowing the draw is it's a little bit like the Sheffield United uh, game last season. You know, we knew that if we if we were very close to beating them at the race course, obviously, and and we just ran out of steam in the replay. But we knew before that replay that if uh, if we'd have uh, beat them, we'd have had Tottenham in the next round. And it, it was a little bit of a, you know, look at what you could have won kind of scenario. I did, you know, expecting who bully to come though? through. The who, who, do you, who do you want though this time around? Well, for for, for me, um, I, I, I this is this is this is this is interesting really because I, I like the FA Cup and I, I love the FA Cup as a competition and everything else. But I'm I'm also realistic. We as Rexman are going to win the FA Cup. So I, I was that's why I was a little bit disappointed when we got Blackburn in this round. I would have liked to have had a big plum tie in this one and gone out gracefully at this stage. But obviously we, we we're not there yet. Who who would I like? Me me personally, I've 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 said all along since round three that I my my ideal um my ideal fixture would be either Tottenham or Newcastle away from home. Um I don't I think are Newcastle out of it? No, no, they got Fulham. No, they're Fulham. in it. They, 
So Newcastle, I mean, Tottenham are playing Man City, aren't they? So that's yeah. a tough yeah. ask. But but yeah, if I could pick, hand pick a, a, a fixture, but that's just that's just my personal my personal yeah, you view. You want to go to the just, stadiums? Yeah. Just just yeah. that that's it. That's exactly it. They're two two stadiums I'd love to go to. Um, although having said that, the fifth round is on a Wednesday night, so I don't really fancy going to either of them on a Wednesday night. I'll be honest, but um, yeah, that that would be my ideal case scenario. But you, you'd take any of the big the big teams, wouldn't you? You know, you know, Man United, Liverpool, Man City, Liverpool Tottenham. at home for me, hands down. Liverpool at home, yeah. get Liverpool I mean, back to the race course. I remember, I, mean, I remember when we played Liverpool in the seventies, and it was a fantastic night. I mean, um, to to be honest, uh, uh, even a big Premier League team pulling a big Premier League team at the race course. Now, I'm not saying that we would beat anybody, but I tell you what, it would be some spectacle, wouldn't it? And you, you, you'd like to think we'd give anybody a game at home. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. And and I, I guess the only the players would be able to answer that for you, wouldn't they? Whether it has any impact on on how they approach the, the Blackburn game, knowing in advance who the potential opponents are, um, you, you just don't know. Yeah, I hope I hope you get Tottenham too. I do because it just means they will have beaten Man City. So that's good news. <laughs> so time for the salt, vinegar, and sauce cork. Jamie, what's your score prediction for Blackburn Rovers versus Wrexham? This game is this this little league is really starting to pee me off now because it's taken over my my conscience. Um, it's another head and heart one for me again this week. Um. Uh, 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 okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a two-two draw, and then we'll take them back to the race course. And are we gonna win at the race? Not that it's for the league, but are we gonna win at the race course? Then you think? Yeah, I think I, I I think we're gonna go through, but I think we're gonna draw. I think we're gonna draw Monday night. We're taking back to the race course and beat them at the race course. Daz, what's your score predictions for Blackburn Rovers versus Wrexham? Well, I'd already written this down, but if the bookies are saying the same thing, then I must be onto something close to a winner. Uh, I've gone for Blackburn two, Wrexham one, and I'm predicting Blackburn Rovers three, Wrexham one. This was really difficult for me to call. Really difficult. It's highly possible this could be a draw, but with Wrexham's away form injuries, the possibility of Cannon, Fletcher and Mendy not able to return depending on fitness. Centre-back shortage, now Boyle is out for three games. Blackburn being a championship side, I think Wrexham will battle hard and give a fantastic performance, but will fall at this hurdle. However, I do hope I'm wrong. So let's wrap those chips up to keep them warm. And we'll be reviewing these matches in next week's pod. So it's Burns night, and like a well-made haggis, we've presented a stomach lining full of sawdust and sh** that you'd never swallow, so we hope you enjoyed it. You've been listening to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast, one of the greatest Welsh supporters' flags in the universe. If you have enjoyed listening to us, please support the podcast, like, subscribe, and leave a comment. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can also go onto our social media, such as Twitter, at TweetMoreChips, threads, search the Eat More Chips podcast, or drop us an email, eatmorechipspodcast, or one word, at gmail.com. Instagram, Eat More Chips Podcast, and on Facebook, search for the Eat More Chips Podcast group. You can leave us a review if the platform you're listening on lets you do so, and if you have anything particular you'd like us to discuss, 
please feel free to drop us a line. In the Dragon's Hole this week, our thanks go to our special guest, Dave O'Brien. Thank you, Dave. You're very welcome. Been an absolute joy. Please tell the listeners where they can find you on social media. Oh, I'm only on the X um, at O'Brien Photos. So feel free to jump on there and get into a conversation. And you'll be heading off to Ewood Park on Monday with Jamie. So I imagine you're as giddy as a schoolgirl. I feel like a child before Christmas. Well, enjoy that away day and hopefully it will be a win. And as it's St. Doing Wednesday today, the Welsh patron saint of love, I thought we'd get all romantic as my two colleagues get their partners the perfect gifts this most romantic of days. For Daz, it's a bag of chips and the promise not to wipe his knob on the curtains after sex. So thanks, Daz. Blimey, where did that one come from? But yeah, a bit ash. You're welcome. <laughs> Has he been looking again? I don't know. And for Jamie, curry-scented candles from Pound Stretcher and sexy underwear. Although Jamie in crotchless panties and a people bra just sounds like a massive turn-off to me. So thank you, Jamie. Why are you even thinking about that, you weirdo? <laughs> I've been Welsh Techie, and the best present I can give my wife is to not come home. So... Until next time, come on Cymru and come on the town.